0: at luke hughes kid is something else just like his brother who also had a big outing against the carolina hurricanes in game three we have a series once again and the new jersey devils are giving themselves a fighting chance we have a lot to talk about in today's episode of locked on devils buckle up everybody also i have some big news to share you're locked on devils your daily podcast on the new jersey devils Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hi, this is Bryce Salvador, and you're Locked On Devil Trade Trey Matthews. Oh, Steven stepped up. Neil De Rodur has got the pot, what a shot. All righty, now, what is up, New Jersey? Welcome back to the Locked On Devils podcast here on Locked On Network. I'm your host, college hockey play-by-play announcer, Devils writer for Pucks and Pitchforks, and also part-time credential media member, Trey Matthews. My apologies for not posting an episode immediately after the Game 3 victory for the New Jersey Devils. I did watch the game, however, soon afterwards, I had to pack up and uh, do a bit of a travel day because... I'm back in my normal studio. If you guys are watching on YouTube, I'm back on the East Coast, and I have some good news. I got credentialed for Game 4, so when you're listening to this episode, I might be making my way to the Prudential Center, so if you see me pacing around pregame or during an intermission, whatever the case might be, don't be afraid to come up and say hi. I love meeting new people, so just wanted to give you guys that slight bit of news. So Once again, did a bit of a travel day, still watch the game, and I am back on the East Coast going back to the Prudential Center For game four and hopefully a few more playoff games because the devils similar to what happened in round one versus new york rangers they're making this a series once again so there's a lot of storylines i need to discuss in the previous matchup for the devils because this game, and I'll talk more about it in segment two, was on drugs because the Devils came out victorious by a score of eight to four. Their offense came out to play. However, Vitek Vanchek didn't really have all that good of a showing in between the pipes for the Devils. So the win kind of exonerates us talking about it. And also, there were a few players, including Lou Hughes, who are able to have big showings. So this is what we're gonna focus on in segment one. Like I do with every post-game recap after a win. I'm gonna highlight some players that really caught my eye. Then once again in segment two, I'll talk about the game in general. And like I do with every post-game recap in the third and final segment, I'll compare the stats and give the devils a letter grade and also talk about some of my quick snippets going into game four because once again even though the devils trail two games to one they are making this a series once again now like i said there were a lot of different goal scores for the devils obviously we have to talk about the hughes brothers because luke hughes was able to rack up a couple assists he was also able to man down on the defensive side things for the devils which kind of surprised me and then jack hughes his older brother he was Doing what he was doing during the course of regular season because Jack Hughes finished off with four points and he also had a hat trick, but not the traditional hat trick. So we'll talk about that momentarily, but let's start off with some shout outs because unfortunately, uh, due to limited time, I can't get to everybody who scored for Devils and players who caught my eye specifically. So want to give a shout out first and foremost to Michael McLeod because he was able to get his second shorthanded goal during the course of the playoffs, he scored his first shorthanded goal against the New York Rangers in the previous series. And then once more uh, against the Carolina Hurricanes. So that BMW line, Bastion, Wood, and McLeod, all three of them have scored throughout the course of the second round against the Carolina Hurricanes. And to match with the Hurricanes' physicality, that's exactly what we need to see from the BMW line. So just a pow uh, from Michael McLeod because now, he once again, he joins miles wood and nathan bastion of members to score for the devils during the course of the second round now another player that we need to give a shout out to is someone who i did not want to start in the game but he was ready when his number was called and that was brendan smith so on jack hughes's first goal of the game brendan smith was able to get the primary assist and that was brendan smith's first point since january 19th against the seattle kraken so Smith, like I said, w- did start in the game for the Devils. I didn't really want him out there because sometimes he can be a liability. Sometimes he gets unnecessary penalties. And sometimes he, like I said, he doesn't make the right decision while on the rink. But once again, Jack Hughes was coming down the lane. He passed it back up top for Brendan Smith. Smith saw that Hughes still had a wide open opportunity to score. So Smith quickly passed it on back to Jack Hughes and Jack Hughes was able to go top shelf on Frederick Anderson. So, uh, Brendan Smith once more, uh, just trying to show like why he could be vital at times. Now, do I want him to start in Game Four? My answer is still no because even a blind squirrel can find a nut at times. But let's talk about some players that did catch my eyes. So the first player I want to talk about is Timo Meyer. Now I know a lot of you are probably tired of me just hyping up Timo Meyer because I hyped him up a lot in the previous episode because I was saying that Timo's Meyer's physicality is heavily underrated. It should not be overlooked. And I saw glimpses of it in game two, especially in the first period. But sometimes I like it when I'm right, guys, because Timo Meyer scored his first goal during the course of the postseason. He scored the first goal of the game in game three. And what happened? Well, I talked, like I said in the previous episode, I said even if Jack Hughes is not able to find the back of the net and score, he's still going to get his points if he's paired alongside Timo Meyer. Because Here's what I envision. I envision that Jack Hughes is going to come down the lane. He's going to use the speed to the best of his advantage, but Timo Meyer is going to use his big body to get deep and get near the net. So what Jack Hughes can do is just try to maneuver the puck near Timo Meyer, and Timo Meyer can be a bully down there, beast and feast and try to find the back of the net. So thus Timo Meyer is able to break his scoreless drought, And then for Jack Hughes, he's still able to rack up the points. And that's exactly what we saw in period number one. So I was like, Yes, Timo Meyer's aggression is helping because what happened? Well, Jack Hughes is going deep into the offensive end. He's running into some trouble and he's able to win the one on one battle. And he's able to just pass it weekly over to Timo Meyer. And Meyer, once again, is able to take a couple steps in and once again score on Frederick Anderson. So uh, Timo Meyer just showing his aggressive nature. And I'm not the only one who's noticing it because according to Mike. Moriel, who uh, wrote a recent article in regards to Timo Meyer, he said that Meyer's scoring production is down, but he's creating each shift in the top nine role in the playoffs. He's second on the Devils with 35 shots on goal, leads the team with 27 hits, and is fourth among Fords with seven blocked shots, all while averaging. 16 minutes and 45 seconds of ice time. Moriel also spoke with Lindy Ruff about Timo Meyers' production. Ruff said, quote, look at the physicality. That's something we didn't have. An elite goal scorer and a big physical guy. A guy that can really bully his way down low. He gets into people, is tough to play against, and a guy who could turn his body and protect pucks where physically that's not really possible for some of our other guys. So once again, guys, I know a lot of you are probably going to write in the comment section saying, stop hyping up Timo Meyer. Stop uh, just trying to portray something that isn't there. But it really is there, guys. Timo Meyer's physicality is underrated. I know you want to see the goals. I know you want to see the assists. But please do not underrate his contribution. And I'm going to make a bit of a hot take because Jack Hughes was able to score twice in this game, I think I alluded to early on in the episode. And I think the plan for Jack Hughes was to try to initially to get the puck once again near the crease area so Timo Meyer can finish. Because if you look at the replay, what happened? So uh, Jack Hughes, once again, he tries to knock it on in and... It goes off the chest protector of Kochikov, and kochakov subbed in for Anderson because Anderson, unfortunately, did not have a good outing for the Carolina Hurricanes. So just to give some clarity, Kochikov makes the save initially on his chest protector, but it went like underneath his armpit or something like that, and Timo Meyer didn't even have to touch it. So Timo Meyer was in the right place at the right possible time, but in this case, Jack Hughes, once again, able to score and get his second goal of the game. So that's my hot take, but... Moving from Timo Meyer, let's talk about the Hughes brothers because the Hughes brothers took the league by storm. They, They just sent shockwaves throughout the NHL world. They were featured on ESPN because the Hughes brothers had a good showing in game three. Luke Hughes was able to rack up two assists, and Jack Hughes, like I said, he was able to finish the night with four points. So for Luke Hughes, my initial thoughts going into the game was that I was a little concerned, not because I doubt Luke Hughes's ability but just the circumstances that are going against him because he's a rookie he's only played in a couple NHL games the two teams he's played against are the Buffalo Sabres and the Washington Capitals so two teams that are not in the playoffs so I was like okay it's game three it's a must-win scenario for the Devils I know Ryan Graves is out for an injury so I think the decision was a little easier for Lindy Ruff but I'm just like, do we really want to throw Luke Hughes into the pack of wolves? Because how much help can he really uh, benefit for the Devils? Because my thing was simply this, which is Luke Hughes is an offensive mind defenseman. He gets a little jumpy on the defensive side of things, and sometimes that puts him out of position. Well, in this game, Luke Hughes surprised me because in period number one, he looked very comfortable. Like, he was making the right plays. He was generating enough looks off his stick and he was not hindering the execution for Devils. Once again, it was, I think I used the same word when I described uh, his outing against the Sabres and also the Capitals. He looked really comfortable. He looked like he knew what he was doing. He was cool, calm, and collected. Wasn't perfect because he did make one mistake in the game that did end up resulting in a penalty shot for the Carolina Hurricanes, but we'll talk about that in the second segment. But Luke Hughes in this game, he really needs to take a bow because he was able to get the primary assist on Damon Severson's goal. So what Hughes did was he set up Severson uh, good enough. So Severson could put the moves on and find the back of the net in the second period. So uh, as soon as that happened, I was like, Luke Hughes has to be credited with that assist. And his brother Jack was given the secondary assist. So the Hughes dynamic is working uh, better than I anticipated And I I think Luke Hughes is starting to make a case for himself because similar to how we talked about Akira Schmidt in the first series against the New York Rangers, what was the turning point for the Devils? It was game three when Akira Schmidt was starting. And now in this series, in game three, if the Devils are able to come back and win this series, I think similar to Akira Schmidt, we're going to be talking about how Luke Hughes, was the pinnacle player that turned the series around because he's replacing an injured player. He has limited experience, and I was just like, hopefully he doesn't get left in the dust by the Carolina Hurricanes because, once again, he's an offensive mind defenseman, but he held down his end of the fort really well for New Jersey. He was playing good minutes on the power play, and how do I know? Because he was able to get the secondary assist on Andre Palat's power play goal. Now, speaking of the power play, wasn't really all that good for devils because they let up a lot of shorthanded goals but we'll talk about that momentarily so luke hughes great outing and just his third game in the nhl it comes at a very crucial moment because that was pretty much a must win for the devils now his brother jack four point performance two goals and like i said he was able to help brendan smith get his first point since january because jack hughes passed it on back to brendan smith smith quickly passed it right back to him and Hughes was able to go top shelf on his first goal and then for Jack Hughes's second goal I guess it's sometimes better to be lucky than good and sometimes it's good to be lucky because I don't think it was in his intent to score his second goal because I think he was just trying to pass it out in front for Timo Meyer to clean it up but Nonetheless, he was able to get his second goal and he got a couple assists as well. So he got the secondary assist on David Severson's goal. His brother, Luke, like I said, got the primary combination between him and Timo Meyer. Lindy Ruff needs to stick with that if he knows what's good for him. But I think the main storyline that a lot of people were talking about for Jack Hughes was his little bit of a scuffle match between him and Sebastian Ajo. So what happened? Well, Aho was kind of slashing and cross-checking him a little bit and Jack Hughes got fed up with it so he decided to do a WWE move and wrestle Aho down to the ground. Now here's the thing, he wasn't given a fighting major, he was giving a 2 minute roughing. At the end of the game, I said Jack Hughes got the Gordie Howe hat trick because he scored, he got an assist and he got into a fight. A lot of people were saying that was not a fight because he didn't get a fighting major. And let's face it, it wasn't like the most intense, bloodthirsty fight we've seen throughout the NHL. In fact, there were no punches thrown. It was just Jack Hughes shoving Aho down to the ground, getting on top of him. So a lot of people are just like, I don't think that quantifies as a fight. But in my eyes, to Jack Hughes' standards, that is a fight. So I'm going to give Jack Hughes the Gordie Howe hat trick in that case because that was out of character a little bit for Jack Hughes. I'm not saying it was bad, but let's face it. How many times have we seen Jack Hughes lose his cool? How many times have we seen him get into the face of somebody? How many times have we seen him put his hands on someone else that's not for the like a, a specific hockey play? Like We don't see him do that. He's usually very calm, cool, collected. And there's a reason why he's nominated for the Lady Bing Award. And there's a reason why he doesn't spend too much time in the penalty box. So in that case, guys... To Jack Hughes' standards, that is definitely a fight. If it was someone like Eric Halla or Timo Meyer, Brendan Smith, Curtis Lazar, someone else, I'm sure I would be saying like that's not a fight because I'm sure they've had stakes tougher than that quote-unquote fight that Aho and Hughes had. But to Hughes' standards, and t- due to his track history, I'm gonna count that as a fight for Jack Hughes. So once again, Timo Meyer, Luke Hughes, Jack Hughes, the Hughes brothers really took that game by storm. And I also have to give another shout out to Nico Heischer because he scored his first goal since April 2nd. It's been a long time coming for our captain. So the star players came out to play for New Jersey in game three, once again, because that was very vital. Now let's talk about this game in general for the Devils because like I said in segment one, I describe this game as sorta of on drugs because the Devils came out victorious, eight to four. Their offense came to play, and it was like they caught lightning in a bottle because the Carolina Hurricanes had no answer for some of the goal scores for the Devils. Now, somebody asked me in a private DM, like, was that the best game of the year? Because I'm in a group chat with a few other Devils personalities, and basically, uh, someone just messaged and said, like, was that the best game of the year? And I figured, you know what? This game was interesting. There was definitely a lot on the line. So why not talk about that in a future episode? So was that the best game of the year for the Devils? I don't know what you guys think, but personally, I'm going to say no. It's not even close. I don't think that was their best game of the year. Now, there was a lot at stake, and there was definitely a lot riding on that game. Because once again, had the Devils hypothetically lost that game, they go down 0-3, and they're really in a hole. Like, because... Uh, Similar to what would have happened in the first round against New York Rangers, had the Devils gone down 0-3, most likely they're not going to win four straight. I don't want to doubt them, but I'm sure that's not the ideal circumstance they want to put themselves into. This game was wildly entertaining. And it was great to see that the Devils were able to score eight times because if you guys need some sort of reference, the last time the Devils scored eight or more goals in a playoff game, you would have to go back to April 22nd, 1988 against the Washington Capitals in which the Devils came away with a 10-4 to victory in game three of the division finals. So once again, this game was wildly entertaining on the offensive side of things, but let's not overlook Vitek Vancheck Vitek Vancheck did not have a good performance in between the pipes for the Devils because A lot of people are going to overlook it because he did come away with the win and the Devils are now once again in the series and they're giving themselves a fighting chance. But this Game 3 performance, at least from the goaltender perspective, is not the same as it was in Game 3 against the New York Rangers because if you guys recall, Akira Schmidt really stepped up his game. He was able to limit the goal scoring opportunities for the Rangers, made great A saves, and Once again, the Devils were able to come away victorious in overtime and earn their first playoff victory since 2018. So, like I said, this game was entertaining. But one thing that just drives me up a tree and just prevents me from saying that this was one of the best games of the year is that the Devils gave up three shorthanded goals. It should go without saying that was the most amount of shorthanded goals they let up in a playoff game in franchise history. That is unacceptable. Now, I'll give them the benefit of the doubt. Martin Huck got a penalty shot that was shorthanded. Because what happened? Well, I talked about Luke Hughes in the first segment. I said... He made one big mistake that I definitely need to talk about because Hughes tries to get a little too fancy. He does a turnaround pass in the offensive end for the devils. And Martinook was able to locate it and he swiped the puck away. The puck was intended for Dougie Hamilton. So Martinook is off to the races, going down to the other side of the rink. Dougie Hamilton is on his trail trying to pop the puck on free and the referees blow their whistles and they decide to give Martinook a penalty shot. Now, before I talk about the blunder for Luke Hughes, I just want to talk about that call assessment by the referees because I don't see what constituted for that to be a penalty shot. I looked at the replay multiple times and I think a lot of people can back me up on it. I didn't see anything egregious that uh, that should have uh, awarded Martinuk a penalty shot in my eyes. So I think that was a completely missed call by the referees because I've seen plays similar in that regard that, and the player isn't given a penalty shot. So I really don't understand what their mindset was in that case because there was, like, little to no – well, there was contact, but it was very minuscule. It was very little, and it's not like Dougie Hamilton, like, full-on used his stick to, like, wrap wrap it around uh, Martinook's body or anything. So first and foremost, I will give the dev- Devils the benefit of the doubt. And in that case, that should not have been a penalty shot assessed to Martinook, but it's a two-way street luke hughes i get that he was feeling himself i get he was feeling very confident and like i said in the first segment he was very comfortable out there but he got a little too comfortable and it came back to bite him now i think he makes that pass nine times out of ten but that ten percent just came back to bite him and he turns the puck over and once again martinook is off to the races and takes it down to the other side of the ring so Yeah, he made a mistake, but for the most part, Luke Hughes' game was really good, and I was very impressed. That was just the one mistake that he needs to learn and just say, keep it a little bit more simple in that sort of aspect. But it still doesn't excuse the fact that the Devils gave up two other shorthanded goals to the uh, Carolina Hurricanes. So their power play has to do a lot better in terms of execution. And I get that the Carolina Hurricanes coming into this series, they had the best penalty kill throughout the course of the Stanley Cup playoffs, but that should not be an excuse to be giving up multiple shorthanded goals. So going back to that question, was it the best game of the year for the Devils? Absolutely not, because it gave me PTSD to last season, which the Devils were able to score like five or six goals on anybody, but people forgot about it because what happens, they let up eight goals because of poor goaltending, poor circumstances, and just maybe just one too many blunders and brain farts by their own team so once again this game was wildly entertaining and I'm glad that they were able to get the victory but there were too many chances in which they gave the Carolina Hurricanes some life to possibly amount to comeback. so when the Devils score eight goals that really should be a blowout and I guess technically you can say it was a blowout eight to four but at the same time the Hurricanes should have only gotten like one or two goals and and, and, and like I said, stop giving up short-handed goals. And Vitek Vanacek was not sharp in between the pipes. So, as exciting as these goals were, as happy I, I was for Luke Hughes, as happy I, as I was for Timo Meyer, Jack Hughes, Nico Heisher, all of them, it still doesn't excuse the uh, the other side of the coin, especially when it comes to goaltending. So, yeah, that's my thoughts on the game in general. Wildly entertaining. But the Devils, they should not be satisfied. They need to clean things up, especially if they want to tie the series in Game 4 and give themselves, once again, another fighting chance. Now, I'm going to talk momentarily about my expectations moving forward and what I think the Devils should do in terms of their goaltending situation. But before we continue, let me tell you about Indeed. So Indeed is a hiring platform where you can attract, interview, and hire all in one place. Instead of spending hours on multiple job sites searching for candidates with the right skills, Indeed's a powerful hiring platform that can help do it all. With Instant Match, over 80% of employers get quality candidates whose resume on Indeed matches their job description the moment they sponsor a job, according to Indeed Data US. So once again, you want the winning team? You need to go to Indeed. So start hiring now with a $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at indeed.com slash locked on. Offer good for a limited time. Claim your $75 credit now at indeed.com slash locked on. Indeed.com slash locked on. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. And now let me tell you about Built Bar. So, looking for a delicious treat, but don't want all the sugar and calories, then you got to try the best tasting protein bar ever Built Bar. Seriously, it's the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. So, if you're like me and you want to eat a little happier and healthier, try built Bars and Bilt Paws. Built Bars are healthy and they taste amazing. Seriously, they taste so amazing that you won't think that they're actually good for you. So what makes built Bars so good? Well, for starters, they're covered in 100% real dark chocolate. That's right, real chocolate. And they come in unbelievable flavors like churro, peanut butter brownie, and cookies and cream. Not sure how built Bar does it, but... These bars only contain 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar with a whopping 17 grams of protein. And now you don't need to wait around to get a box. For years, I've been talking about ordering Built Bars at Built.com, And now you can get them at your local Walmart or Sam's Club while you can get the specialty flavors still at Built.com. That's right. Head to the nearest Walmart today. Walk to the pharmacy section and grab yourself a box of Built Bars. You can pick up a four-bar box of cookies and cream, double chocolate bar, or coconut puffs. If you're close to Sam's Club, run in and grab a 13-bar box with our Hit Flavors, Brownie Batter Puff, and Churro Puff. You can thank me later. Built Bars, the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. Okay, so I know I'm a day late and a dollar short, but let's compare the stats, and I'll give the Devils a letter grade and talk about my expectations for Game 4. So Shots on Goal category, 34-30 to 30 in favor of the Devils. Face-off percentage, 56% to 44% in favor of the Devils. Power play, Hurricanes were 0 for 2, but once again, they had three shorthanded goals. Devils were 1 for 4, thanks to Andre Collat. And remember, Michael McLeod was also able to get a shorthanded goal. Hits 46 to 33 in favor of the Hurricanes. Blocks 18 to 13 in favor of the Canes. Giveaways, Devils led that department 8 to 2. So if I had to give this game a letter grade for Devils, honestly, I'm going to give them a B-. minus Because the offense was really good. They got the win. They got the job done but it doesn't exonerate their poor execution at other facets of the game. So that's where I stand in terms of this overall execution from the New Jersey Devils. Now, my expectations for game 4 is that the Devils you need to clean it up a little bit obviously and get out often early and uh, and I guess just don't underestimate the the Devils and who do I expect to be in net? I think you got to go with the Schmidt because like I said, in game three of the last series against the New York Rangers, Akira Schmidt had a phenomenal outing. But in this game three against Carolina Hurricanes, Vitek Vancheck was bailed out by some good offensive execution. And once again, the Devils, the star players, are now here to play. Keep that momentum going forward. Keep that aggression going forward. And Lindy Ruff, don't overadjust. Don't overthink it. Because I think the Devils, they can definitely make this a series once again. And if I've learned anything from this devil's team, do not count them out. So let me know what you guys think going into game four. And once again, I will be at the prudential center covering the game uh, in the press box and I will be pacing around the prudential center at times, maybe looking for souvenirs. And also, I, I'm always open to trying new things. So if you have a unique food suggestion at the prudential center, let me know and I'll try to stop by and give it a try. Because, like I said, I'll try new food at least once. So once again, hope to see a lot of you at the Prudential Center for Game 4. I think the Rock is going to be bumping, and I couldn't be any more excited. Hope to give you guys some decent behind-the-scenes sound bites. But as for today's episode, that's all the time I have for you, so continue to stay safe. Have a wonderful day, New Jersey. I'll catch you in the next episode. Go Devils. Thanks for listening once again.